Welcome in to Bears Weekly, a Chicago Bears Network production. Download the Chicago Bears official app, brought to you by Verizon, to follow the team on the go. Bears Weekly is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, Athletico Physical Therapy, Bet Rivers, CDW, Connie's Pizza, IGS Energy, and Miller Lite. Here are your hosts, Jeff Joniak, a.k.a. the Mayor of Bearsville, and his sidekick, Tom the Surfmaster Thayer. Surfing into a week one, my man with his surfboard. See, I'm looking at him on Zoom, everybody. My man, Tom Thayer, has got his first surfboard ever hanging from the rafters of his home. <laughs> so, yeah, he is the surfmaster. All right, <laughs> And mayor. I'm the mayor of Bearsville. Yeah, you are. Yeah, hey, hey it's, no we're sticking with of- you are the mayor of Bearsville. They can make a Christmas comedy about you. <laughs> hey, it, I, I hope so. I hope the comedy is uh, is absolutely a blockbuster Bears win week one, and we are laughing and kicking it up at the stadium on su- on Sunday, Tommy, at three twenty-five. By the end of the day, you and I are laughing. You're sen- you're you're yelling ball. <sighs> you're laughing when and Justin's firing a 60-yard bomb to a streaking DJ Moore or running out of trouble into the end zone, and we're sacking Jordan Love. Yeah, like the old well, days. I know, but I, I would like that to be game 18 when they're playing right. Green Bay the last game of the year, and there's a reason for the excitement, the enthusiasm. It's a playoff-bound football team. Because, you know, Jeff, in the course of football, if you're a broadcaster or if you're a player – the immediacy of the next week is upon you as soon as the game ends. And you're already thinking about what you have to do to get prepared for Tampa, what the conditions are going to be like. I have the app on my phone that I'm looking <laughs> yeah. up the weather report. And so, but, it's, let me, it, but, but you're not playing anymore. So can't you enjoy the moment? Can't, wait, uh, you the, better, you know, listen, the, if the Bears win or Bears are playing a great game on Sunday, I better see a ear-to-ear grin on your face and that you're enjoying it. You will. Oh, I, I will. But, you know, the, the love for football and what it means to me and my family and what the Bears mean to me, it's so ingrained in me that I want to see the ultimate success. I don't want to live for three hours of success and, and then, you know, whatever unfolds. I want to have a season of success. And so at the end of the year, you're buying me champagne and, I'd, I'd we're, you know, we're having, having fun that way. So, listen – more than anything, Sunday, 325, and then it ends at 625 or whatever, whatever. I do want to have that fun, that laughter, and all the plays that you just talked about. Justin Fields, DJ Moore, Tremaine Edmonds, and the gang, and the rest of the 23 Bears getting down to business Sunday at Soldier Field. This is Bears Weekly. That's Tom Thayer, the Super Bowl Bear. Thanks to Jordan Treadup and Dan Brilli, our producers from the Bears. Tonight at the ESPN 1000 Studios, Thayer's just cracking me up by his attitude right now. I love it. It's Packer Week, and you can feel it. Uh, Kevin Zipak. Sean Graney, our executive producer, Eric Ostrowski, coming up tonight in our next segment, wide receiver Darnell Mooney. We had him on our Bears Etc. podcast. We're rolling him out again tonight. And at 6.30 ESPN primetime, host the legendary Chris Berman for a couple of segments. Tom and I visited with him yesterday. So, news of the day. Rest day for tight end Mercedes Lewis. Out for a personal reason today of an unknown nature, right guard Nate Davis. We'll hear from Matt Eberflus tomorrow. What does it mean? We don't know. Reserve uh, linebacker Dylan Cole not able to go the last couple of days. From a Packer perspective, David Bakhtiari, he gets rest. He doesn't practice much. He's, old, he's a veteran. He's got 11 years oh. under his belt. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, limited hamstring. Christian Watson did not with his hamstring. And Dontavious Wicks, the rookie receiver out of Virginia, full practice, limited the last two days 
for a returning Rashawn Gary, the edge rusher of importance for the Packers. Break it down, Tommy. You know, to me, it's the, you know, David Bakhtiari is a big question mark because he's has this consideration of being such a dominant offensive lineman and a tackle. And when you don't practice, I don't see how you can just automatically be ready. But my same concerns are for Nate Davis. Here's a guy that's put a couple of practices underneath his belt. He's, you know, signed a big money contract. Enormous expectations that have been placed on him because you're trying to break in a rookie right tackle that could have an incredible future in front of him and Darnell Wright. So um, as much as you want to talk about the quarterbacks, you have to think about the supporting cast because Jordan Love or Justin Fields, they can't do it on their own. They need the guys that are hopefully to be a part of this football team for their growth and progress. All right, the man calling the plays, Luke Getze, in his weekly news conference each Thursday up here at Hallisaw. Uh, rolled it out. It, 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 you know, I call it all the time. We all talk about it. it's the great unknown week, and the anticipation is there. No, I wouldn't say there's more. There's there's comfort. The, the, the unknowns of game one are uh, um, are always going to be there for for both teams, right? And all all facets of the game. Uh, it's game one. Uh, no one does anything in preseason that's that's going to uh, unveil anything to you. Uh, and so you go into game one with. Uh, you know, trusting your, your training. That's truly what you have to do in this situation, right? Because they could do anything and they could change their style of play or whatever. You know, new coaches come in, new players come in, and people change a little bit. And it may not be drastic, but there could be just subtle changes. And uh, you want to make sure that you're prepared. And that's what you take training camp to do, right? You, you take training camp to, to get your fundamentals in the right place so that you can execute whenever that new thing happens and you guys can respond the right way. Uh, so there's definitely no comfort in that. But, uh, you know, just you know, excited. And I would say the relationships that we have with the players are, are much, are much deeper. And uh, those things we can lean on a little bit more. Yeah, he knows they know each other and, and he knows the Packers and he knows Joe Barry that that hasn't changed defensively. It's a veteran defense offensively because of Aaron, not there anymore. And you got an unknown at quarterback. That's the anticipation we're looking at. But from what Luke tells you, what is he think he's going to anticipate from the green Bay Packers? You know, Jeff, the thing about it is this isn't the college baloney where you start your first couple weeks and play against inferior talent just to get things ramped up. When you start, when you go to the game field at 325 Sunday, you have to be going at a million miles an hour. And that's the thing about the NFL. And so, you know, I like what Luke said is you have to have the fundamentals ingrained in your head that if they make an adjustment, whether it's fundamentally technique or design that you have to be ready to face whatever it is. And, you know, Dick Stanfeld, our offensive line coach, used to say, hey, practice is the time to work on the things that may be new to your your art, your arsenal or your weaponry and stuff. And now you have to have confidence built up in the practices that are all behind you that when you face a situation that calls for that new technique or that new move or whatever it is according to the position you play, that you're ready to put it on display or you're ready to react against it. Now let's flip to the defensive side. Allen Williams trying to keep things as simple as possible. It's still about winning your one-on-one matchups. It's still about they have one football. They don't have three. So we have to find the football. We know where it is. It's still about uh, tackling, uh, lining up, reading your keys, getting to the ball, 
and all the other things, um, those are distractions. That's window dressing. All the other things that come into effect and all the other things about, hey, the stats say this and the analytics say this and whatever. I've never heard of a game that was won through analytics. Now, um, with the technology and all the things that we have and all the information that we have, sometimes they make guys play slower, not faster. So we want to, again, I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but if we get lined up, see the formation, read our keys, play fast, run and tackle, we'll be fine. You know, Jeff, it kind of reminds me of a speech 30 years ago when the defensive coaches were getting the Bears defense ready to play against Barry Sanders. You can't be apprehensive. You can't be thinking. You have to play a million miles an hour. And that's what Alan Williams is saying. No matter what the era is, the modern day era or the old time, you got to be ready to play and you got to play fast. All right, Tommy, our first segment in the books. Coming up next, Darnell Mooney joins the program. This is Bears Weekly on ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. VIP access to every Bears home game, exclusive seating, sideline credentials, and more. Now available, get the ultimate VIP fan package this season by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Tom, the season opens tonight. How about this weird thing? 207 days after the Super Bowl, uh, they were showing Nick Bolton of the Chiefs scoop and score against uh, Philadelphia in the Super Bowl, and this is the 207th meeting between the Bears and Packers on Sunday at Soldier Field. But tonight it's uh, Kansas City without Travis Kelsey, as they open things up against the Detroit Lions. America's love affair with Detroit is underway. Let's see if it lasts through the evening. Yeah, difficult uh, stadium to play in. Uh, Anthony, or, I mean, um, Patrick Holmes, one of the best starting quarterbacks in the history of the NFL throughout early portions of his career. And uh, like Alan Williams said, we're not worried about the analytics. We're worried about the style <laughs> of play. Yeah, the numbers, 18 touchdowns in his openers in five years, 5-0, five and, oh, and 1,500 yards, and no interceptions. So right. they tell me young quarterbacks throw interceptions, but not Patrick Mahomes in week one. All right, getting ready for his own week one after a battle with an injury of significance last season and through the offseason. Wide receiver Darnell Mooney ready to rock and roll. Here's my interview with the veteran wide receiver earlier this week. I want to start on the Packers because it's what everybody's been hoping for and and thinking about. So let's just dive right in before we just chat a little bit. It feels like it's bigger than one game. I know you guys can't look at it that way, but there's just something about it. Symbolic. You don't play them again until week. Right, you guys. You guys could ever be locked up playoff spot. Sure. You know, stuff like that happens. This this thing just carries a lot of weight for a lot of people. What's a player perspective? What's Darnell's perspective? Uh, I mean, I've never beaten the, these guys since I've been in the league, so uh, it's definitely a big one. And you you understand the the rivalry uh, many years after you play multiple games, and um, it's definitely a big one. First game of the year for sure, and then going against them, it's it's something that the fans care about. So you you kind of gravitate and understand like why they care about it so much, and then you're just like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's <laughs> definitely beat those guys for sure. So didn't you have a team even in, in youth football <laughs> yeah. or any sport you played? You just got tired. Like, exactly. You want to beat them? Exactly, exactly. Are, for sure. are you at that point now? Yeah, definitely, definitely yeah. want to beat them for sure, for sure. I mean, whatever we got to do to beat those guys for sure, I'm. 
ready to pull out everything that we have just to take care of these guys for sure. You know, I went back and looked, and I I know what the numbers say, okay? It has been a struggle. Mm -hmm. Way before you ever got here, 30 years of it. Kenny Clark, for example, was 13-0 against the Bears. (laughs) Uh, Preston Smith's 10-0. Matt LaFleur's 8-0. It's just... It, it just hasn't happened. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's time for change. <laughs> when the bully on the block, exactly. you got to finally punch exactly. him in the mouth, right? Exactly. Otherwise, oh, my gosh. But it is interesting because it is Bears-Packers, and that thing hangs over the, the whole rivalry. Anyway, uh, this is big for you. I know it's big because <clears throat> coming off injury is a lonely ride. I know you and I spoke months ago, and you said you're glad you went through the experience. Sure. Not in getting injured, but yeah. just what you learned. Can you put that in the context for the average? Why? Um, it's just uh, you you get a lot to like um, self-reflect. I mean, and just have a lot of self-awareness. I mean, it's just you, a lot of rest time. And, I mean, you, you get to read some books and just have um, a lot of alone time. You're looking at the ceiling a lot of times, and you're just relaxing and just um, thinking, thinking a lot. And sometimes thinking, overthinking can be a bad thing, but sometimes it can be a good thing, you know. So, um uh, it's been what eight nine months since the last time I was actually in a in a game or whatever. So um, I'm excited to get back out there. It won't be any like um, fearness or anything. I mean, obviously the preseason was nice. I didn't get the actual feeling, but I definitely will allow myself to have some emotion going into this game. And um, in what sense? Just uh, readiness and just ready to you know get back to being me going out there what what I wanted to do uh last year. I didn't get to do as much, but um uh just pick up pick pick back off of where I, I feel that um you know I'm able to perform at. And um it's easy to do that with a, a second year in, into the offense and just everybody is it's not so much of a newness thing. It's more of a, a like we know what's going on. So uh I'm happy to get back for sure. Is it an offense I mean just think about you can't remember how many targets. Well over a hundred a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be an offense now, where you just got to find your place? Mm-hmm. For sure. You mean like role wise? Role wise, but that's day to day. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Day to day. Like it, 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 I don't think this is an offense. And you correct me if I'm wrong. If, hey, hey, Darnell, listen. And um, here's the pecking order. Mm-hmm. This is how it's going to go. So you know, don't be anticipating a lot. Yeah. Or hey, Darnell. You're going to be the feature. No, day to day, week to week. No, for depends sure. the matchups. For sure, it or, yeah, right. What Justin on, sees. Yeah, definitely matters on all those occasions. Yeah, like it's, you never know. You can be the 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 top guy for this game, and you cannot be the top guy for the next game. So it just just depends on who we're playing, and um, just matters about matchups, like you said. So we'll we'll see. Um, it's it's big for the first couple of games, honestly, to to identify who we are and what we like to do. So. See, I already think that. Yeah. We, we, we love to run the ball, and we're good at it. Mm-hmm. Justin's a dynamic runner. Yep. The weaponry's increased. The offensive line's different. Yep. Hopefully they'll be healthy. I don't know. To me, there's not too many surprises. Yeah. I mean, it all looks, it all looks good. It's, <laughs> it's just, it just has to be put out there and performed. So, I mean, you can, you know, throughout the whole offseason, you have all the hypeness of everything yeah. and just like, yeah, we're going to be able to do this, but you don't really know until you actually go out there and play. Or how they're going to play you. Exactly. Because I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking they're going to play less man. Mm-hmm. They don't want their back turned to Justin. Yeah. Don't you think? 
for sure. You never, yeah, yeah you never want to do that. That's a, just a dangerous thing. You, obviously, he showed you don't do that at all last year. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. You never, you have, you can have some guys that are just like, we don't care who you are. We're going right. to do this. So, you never True. know. That is going to happen. You never know how they, how people are going to play us. So, post injury, mm-hmm. it's always an interesting discussion because, and you said you were going to have ankle. Yep. Uh, surgery of some kind, no matter what happened, and you happen to have a broken ankle. First of all, how painful was it? Um, when I first the injury, injured, yep. Um, at first, I like on the field wise, like I knew I broke it. Yeah. Um, because Byron was telling me like, get up. I'm like, nah, bro. This is this is broken. It's like no, there's no way I'm getting up after this. And uh, I'm usually like, I'll get up, and go to the sideline or whatever, and then shake it off. Yeah, and then come <laughs> back in. But this one, I I knew. Even going to the locker room, uh, Andre and they were trying to like get me on the stretcher. I'm like, that's one thing I'm not doing. I'm walk, I'm going to walk off of this field, but I'm not getting on that stretcher. You better give me your shoulder. That's the only way I'm getting off the field. So, um, I mean, it was it wasn't painful then, but then when it like yeah. died down, uh, it got a little painful. And then I got in my car after the plane ride, all that, all that air or whatever, and um, kind of blew my blew my ankle up a little bit. But yeah. um, it was a little painful. It wasn't too crazy, but it was it was painful. Do you feel whole again? Yeah. I mean, I felt felt whole yeah. with, within it all. I mean, I made a decision when I was in after surgery that this is something I, I really want to do, so I'm going to continue to pursue what I want and get out of what I want out of this. And um, I made that decision then, and I'm not looking back. All right. You look amazing. Thank you. Right? You're, you're, you're strong. Not that you weren't before, mm-hmm. but... What do you think that'll do for you? Have you have you felt that strength that you've added, that muscle, that armor? Have you felt it when you've gone up against DBs, even in practice? For sure, yeah, for sure. I can I can use my strength uh, more, whether it be like uh, a sneaky push off or just blocking wise and um, running my routes and not getting uh, bumped off of anything and um, just just playing some, uh, just having some good play strength. Uh, I would say, like, DJ, man, DJ has incredible play strength. Like, he can catch the ball over anybody at any point in time, and it's just amazing to see that because it's like that's what I want to be able to do every time. Like, no matter what happens, the ball's in the air, it's mine. And DJ does a good thing, good a good act of that, and I want to do that same action of that as well. You mentioned you, you read a lot of books during your time rehabbing and, and getting ready. What what'd you read and anything that's sticking with you to this minute? Um, Unstoppable. It's by uh, Tim Grover. Oh, yeah. yeah um, we all know Timmy. Yeah, man. He's a Chicago Bulls fame. Amazing. Amazing. I've person. known him forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's the gist of that book? Uh, it's about, it's basically about finding your role and understanding understanding your role and, and playing that role into the, into the, like, the, um, the best you can. And uh, understand it and really going fulfilled about it. So, um, yeah, that was a good book. I, I kind of read it over and over to um, remember myself on what what sure. I want to do. Well, listen, like you said, long time. You're all about heart, right? Yeah, for sure. That's gonna carry. That's gonna win the day for Darnell Mooney. <laughs> Have a great season. Stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Let's go get him. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Tommy. Uh, always introspective. I love talking to Darnell. What strikes you about his comments? Where is that mentally, physically, and spiritually? I, I think he's in a really strong place, and Darnell always has. The first thing about recovery from an injury, because we've all been through it in our career, is it kind of you go through a couple movements, you go through a couple hits, and then all of a sudden it's out of your mind. You're back to normal. So that's what I look at individually for Darnell Mooney. 
But when you think about the team, this is a team that desperately needs to have a convincing win against the Green Bay Packers. And they need that message inside there to have them believe that they are part of this division and they're in the mix. And so when you think about those numbers that you talked about of the guys in the Green Bay Packers, that's similar to what we went through when we played against the Packers. And then finally, I just think that this is a team that when Darnell Mooney said he learned what the people care about beating the Green Bay Packers, listen, I care about my dogs. I hate the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> so that's the type of message that they have to have inside that locker room. And everybody needs to carry it. And Jaquan Brisker said it perfectly at the podium. He doesn't have to hate the people. He just has to hate the team they're playing against. That's Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Coming up next, a two-part conversation over the next uh, 25 minutes or so with the legendary Chris Berman. This is Bears Radio Network on ESPN Chicago. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by Athletical Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an in-clinic or virtual appointment and start feeling better tomorrow. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer here on ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network. Pleased to be joined by the legendary Chris Berman from ESPN. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Tom says that uh, you are his mentor in this business. So high praise for someone we all respect. How you doing, Big Chris? Hi, Jeff. Tommy, great to be with you guys, your friends. I don't know what mentor I am for Tom, certainly not on the golf course. But, uh, <laughs> Hilgi, I think. but I'm sitting in front of my, even though it's 90 degrees for me too, by the way, in Connecticut, my New England, you know, my stone fire play. I mean, I wanted to give you the feel of football like in New England, even though it's 90 degrees with 90% humidity. But you know what? Let's bring on the season. The Bears and Packers, they're playing for, what, the 8 millionth time? Is that it? 207. Number yeah. 207. We all fall in love with sports in a different way. You've done everything, but you are so tied to the NFL do you remember the moment you fell in love with the NFL? Well, I do, and I was young, Jeff, and it was really the AFL. So let's just go professional football. I'm 68, which makes you and Tommy babies in my uh, – Yeah, we're in your wheelhouse. Yeah. We're well, catching up. wheelhouse, but, you know, uh, I'm already either a base ahead or a base behind. So um, <laughs> my, I was nine. My brother was seven, Andy, uh, 64. Shea Stadium was just built. We live in, right on the New York, Connecticut, Olympus. Shea Stadium was pretty close. New York Giants, it's like Chicago Bears. If you want a ticket, good luck to you, right? And my dad decided, well, I'm going to take my two young boys. And he was not a fanatical fan, but he enjoyed it, right? He used to go to the polo grounds and watch the New York football Giants, all right, when he could. But bought season tickets to the then, they just turned the Jets. They were the New York Titans. The stadium out by where the World's Fair was built to date ourselves in 64. And they're $8 a ticket, and they were like the third row in the upper deck. So that sounds awful. But actually, I told Bill Belichick this. I didn't know, as now we go through high school about all these games, that I kind of was watching football as you would game film a little bit. So that's 64 and 65. They signed a guy named Joe Namath. In 68, I was in eighth grade. They won the Super Bowl. <laughs> so 
uh, and they're still trying, which is why Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is not on the Packers. So um, it, it's not like I bleed Jets. I mean, I'm happy because my dad, God rest his soul, who would have been 99 this year, like would be happy. But there, there's your answer. I, I can go on. But so the AFL, anything AFL, because um, we 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 threw the ball. Yeah, yeah. did. You know, and and if we we had Namath, we had Hadel Allworth, we had Len Dawson, we had you know we had like a good George Blander was still throwing the ball for you. We threw we we threw the ball, and so anything. I like Buffalo. Well, they were the first champ I remember as a young boy. Right, they were the champs in mid sixties. I like Sandy L.A. Chargers because they're an AFL team and they were cool in their helmets, their uniform. So there you go. And it didn't mean I didn't like the NFL either. I mean, I knew who the George Hallis was and Jim Brown was and, 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 uh, uh, et cetera. You know, Bermader, I'm going to kind of speed up a little bit because a couple of weeks ago we were in Indianapolis and I was watching a documentary about the 72 dolphins because they closed out the documentary of you on the field doing a standup of the bears dolphins game the game we lost in 85 to me, as long as I've known you that little piece ignited so many questions. I would always like to ask you. Well, as you know, you know, bears were unbelievable. Um, And I'm a historian of the game as so many are, and I've gotten to know Shula very well or did fly down Monday, whatever. I remember going to the orange bowl right before the game started. And, I came down to that rickety underneath the, the, the bleachers and uh-huh. I come out on this field and I'm from, you know, Connecticut and be like from Chicago and the weather's great and the colors and there's, oh my God, there are the mighty bears across the field. And I come out and I see Shula with the jaw out farther than usual. Um, and I look down to my left and I see Zonka, I see Kick, I see Warfield, I see Larry Little and I went, Oh, oh, I get it. Oh, oh, I get it. If the Bears are this good, they're going to have to beat all of them, too. And Nick Bonacani is going to make a tackle from the sideline, and they're not going to flag him. It's just the way it is. And so what I remember is how special the night was, not because the Bears got beat and, and the legacy stayed, but how special it was, and then what you guys went on to accomplish, giving up 10 points in three playoff games, blah, 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 and, you know, blowing out everybody in 18 and why I mean, so it spoke to how special the night was, even though for Chicago it's all we wish we had won, but you got the big prize anyway, and I'll never forget that night. I, I, I still get goosebumps when I talk about it, just as a football fan, not because of the result, Tom. Just the events that you've covered throughout time, the different people that you see that you've mentioned there. And uh, when I see on the sidelines and doing the final of that game and the people rushing around you, you know, it's like he had to do those live standups back there uninterrupted, no matter who's going to run in your face or get in your space. Well, look, you had to make the block. You had one shot at it, um, <laughs> right? The pass, you got one shot at it on a given play. Those stand-ups in our business, which are not anything like making a pancake block or, or like I say, uh, you know, making an inner seat or breaking on the ball as a DB and either getting it or getting beat, you got one shot at it. 
are you rolling? Three, two, one. And if you, <laughs> I figure you get 20 seconds before you get trampled to try to speak in a complete sentence and get it done. So that, I mean, but that's just a small part of it. But we're just as excited as the fans and this and that. And it, it was just electric. Like I said, had you won, it would have been even maybe even more electric. It's just the whole night was magic. It, just because of who he was and that team, you know, I don't have to explain it, but uh, your team speaks for itself and, and often did. <laughs> yeah. Loudly. Chris Berman from NFL prime time joining us here on bears weekly on ESPN 1000 and the bears radio network, Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer. All right. So let's take it forward now to where we're at today. You're still working in that studio. They still love three minutes. How hard was it to master it? Obviously, we saw Howard Cosell all those years on Monday Night Football do it at halftime, and it was must-see TV. The fastest three minutes on Monday night is also must-see TV. Well, it, it, it's first of all, it is a kudo to, to Howard. We do all the games. They they couldn't. Um, well, they could have, but it, it, it was different then. Um, it, it's like an outline. It it. it I, I run through it a couple of times ahead of time. Well, in the old days, I mean, I did it live. Like, you got one shot at this. It would yeah. be like playing a game. It, and you, I screwed up plenty. You get five seconds, four seconds behind, you only Ooh. have 14-second Bears-Packers. There's just a feeling you, you could go all the way. Well, wait a minute, <laughs> but here comes Jordan Love. He took that. Well, now we're on to the Lions. Like, whoa, whoa, and I'm behind. It takes you a minute to catch up. We have a big shoehorn, and uh, we, we we stuff it in pretty good. Well, how do you do your studying in preparation for a season that's getting ready to begin? And I, I know it's the Kansas City Chiefs, and Andy Reid is one of your best buddies. How do you how do you get involved in the new guys? My it's now NFL primetime. I'm more highlights based only rather than pregame, where you got to really be up on. What's going on with it's almost impossible to be up on all 32 teams at, at one time, but you got to make it your best effort. But this week in particular, I still have a lot of friends in the league like Andy Reid, just to name one. You mentioned him and, and they're good enough to give me time. Uh, and I will talk to a lot of coaches and GMs because you can't wish them good luck week three. You better have a conversation with them week one. Oh, they come out of the gates two and oh, hey, good luck. Well, where the hell were you, right? So you better cover as many as you can. And 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 then, and then during as the season goes, you're not checking in on all 30, but you're doing reading just like you guys are. You're up on the league, even if the Bears are only playing the Packers this week. I mean, you're working about, you're worried about the next game. So, I mean, you have to know what's going on in the league because it affects the Bears, even if it's tangentially, you know what I mean? T- tangent, that's a tough word to say. Uh-huh. In a tangent. There you go. You got it nailed. The Brown, Tom. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, we're going to step away. One more segment to go with Chris Berman from ESPN. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. This is ESPN 1000 of the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak, on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is sponsored by CDW. People to get it. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. We're breaking down Bears-Packers on the show this week. Of course, the opener, we'll bring it to you from Soldier Field starting at 325. Be sure to join us. All the pregame 
four hours pregame, four hours postgame, and our first regular season game on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Our guest tonight, uh, kind enough to join us for a few more minutes, uh, NFL primetime host, the legendary Boomer, Chris Berman. So I always say what Tom and I do, first of all, it is a privilege, but we chart the history of the game. And you mentioned earlier, you're, and I think you were a history major, if I'm not mistaken, at, at Brown. You talk often about the history of the game. Is, is this your college education coming to fruition, what you do with the Hall of Fame? How important is that to you, to, to be there with the greats of the game, the, the, the few that have managed to get into that place? Well, that's a very good question. It, I never thought that being a major, an American history major would therefore mean I was a NFL and whatever, Major League Baseball or a few other uh, major. But it, it is part of America anyway. So maybe yeah. it is coming to fruition. I um, uh, The history of the game is, well, you live in Chicago, so, I mean, it, you're dripping with it the minute you, you talk about the Chicago Bears, obviously. And I, I even have a hard time saying Chicago Bears without saying Chicago Bears. You know, I mean, <laughs> I really feel like. I should, right? Yes. The Bears and the Packers for the 200, what is it, seven or eight? Two seven. 207. Times, how many times on Frozen, et cetera. So um, I, I feel that we should have context now again. You know, not everything that happens in 2023, oh, he's not as good a passer as, well, Bear quarterbacks through the years, uh, except for Sid Luckman, maybe, you know, and that's not a knock on Jimmy. I'm going way back. Like, we're not trying to compare, but you got to have some context, I think. And part of it, Jeff and Tommy, I don't feel like it's my job to educate our youth, but do no fault of their own. We had to read a lot more. Yes, they can read right here, but I'm afraid that Joe Montana is Sammy Baugh to a lot of them. That to me, Joe Montana, my contemporary, Tommy's good. You know, he might, he's my friend. I can call him up right now. Sammy Baugh, okay, that's ancient history, um, which we should know about. But I feel there are times when you can kind of throw some stuff out there. Well, for example, Jim Brown passed away a couple of months ago, right? Well, he retired in 1965, and they're young they see this name. Well, he's 12th on the rushing list or 13th or whatever he is now. He must have been okay. But no, 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 no. <laughs> um, he, 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 was, he was okay. And so I give that as an example because I don't feel it's my duty, but I'm into it, and I feel that if you light a little something with them, ah, maybe I'll go look up how good Jim Brown was. It, it, not something they normally would Google first thing in the morning, you know? I, I, I feel that's – and you're in the same business again. I mean, you you have Bears fans listening to you, so – but there are 20, 30-year-olds that unless their dad or grandfather told them about Gail Sayers or Mike Ditka as a player or even the 85 Bears, right, that they don't – they heard of it. But you're bringing them to life because they trust you because you're the bear. So does that make sense? I, I feel it's not our duty, but I educated educating our youth. Hey, we're still youthful. I feel it's it's fun and it's necessary. 
You know, I, I always refer to Chris as Berminator. I don't think I've ever called him Chris, and I, it's either Berman or Berminator. There's a famous poster of him out in Maui. It hangs in a place that we go to after golf. So, Berminator, can you describe Football Sunday for those of us who have never been to the campus of ESPN and like the type of room you sit in, the conversations, and, and how do you watch it when you have to have your eyes on every screen where Jeff and I have been broadcasting one game for the last 27 years, and that's the game we pay attention to? Well, let me take it back. First of all, I'm thrilled that you guys are ESPN now. I mean, you're, you've are you always been family, Tommy, but now you're my professional family. Uh, uh, but but you are Ohana and Jeff, you too, because of your friendship with Tom and your partnership. And I feel like I know you, even though I don't see you very much, I, I don't see Tommy enough anyway. So let me go back to the days when I would, I don't mean I did it all, but my responsibility on a Sunday was every show that we did NFL related for ESPN. When we started with one building, then two buildings, you know, I started one month in, I was 24. I looked like Ron Burgundy you know, with, a, with, the, uh, with a mustache and a loud jacket and, and hair, which was pretty good, which was, which by the way, worked in that era. Why don't we leave it at that? So, so that's it. But now we're a campus. We're like a college campus, if you will now. So we're three buildings over to go to the, the studio and then and, and get set for the show. And then you do three hours. I take about 15 minutes kind of myself, almost like I was the quarterback, no more important than anybody else, than Tommy Jackson or anybody or anyone behind the scenes of this. We're all in this together. We're all going to get together in another room that's two or three buildings over, which has all the screens. Now, for example, week one, where everybody's playing, and I don't know how many noon central time games there are, eight, nine, whatever the number is. Anyone that says they can watch eight games at once is lying, okay? In the day, you would have pecking orders when ESPN couldn't afford. So we'd have three or four or five really good monitors and then some other ones. And so I'm dating myself. So Tampa would be way over to the right. The Bengals would be way over to the left. The Falcons would be way that you, you get my point. And so you could kind of watch two or three to get or four to get flow of game. And then there's the somebody for some reason is watching. This is back in the day. The Buccaneers over to the right. Right. Oh, my God. Look at that play in the Tampa game. And then we all look over here for like 20 seconds at Tampa. Oh, Doug, well, I'm really dating myself. You know, my God, look at that. And then you're back to the other three or four or five. Now, okay, then the late games kick off. You get a feel for those. But now we're talking about what? It's obvious a 60-yard touchdown, that's got to go in that highlight. But the third and three in the mud that they picked up five yards and essentially clinched the game, you still got to tell them the screening, they're younger. That's got to go in because it's prime time and we have three, four, five minutes to tell the story of a game. It's not exciting, but they ran out the clock and it was muddy and it wasn't an easy game. You know, that, those sort of plays. So you're having conversations. Then in about the third quarter of the late games, the shot sheets come in and you want to see them from the early games, the highlights, because you can get fooled on a couple things and, Certainly the names now are harder to pronounce than, than Tom Thayer or even Jeff Joniak. But then we got to go over back to the studio. And so the late games are often, they're ending while we're on. So in the old days of primetime with Tommy Jackson and me, in the 29 years we did it, actually 30, you know, did it together. 
we'd have the monitors of the four, let's say, late games on. You couldn't watch it while you were live, but you'd have a two-minute commercial where, oh, Denver's down to the 10 now. How much time is left in the Broncos? 50? Okay, and then but now you're back on the air, so you at least knew they had a chance to do something, right? But it still ends while you're on, and then the sheet comes in and you're doing it blind. Now, with Booger and ESPN+, Plus, the only difference is we have no commercials. So once those late games... You know, there are eight minutes left, and we go to the studio for the ones that, okay, there's been a injury or a long timeout. We are really winging it. We're the only one in America that didn't see the finish of the game, and then we got to put it on TV. And like, how could he screw up that highlight? And the only thing my, I tell them, do not tell me who won. Let me do this like I'm play-by-play like you, Jeff. And all I get from my producers, you won't believe the finish of this game. Here it is, Denver and the Raiders, you know, so – and then you do it, but that's live TV. That's the play-by-play part. And then we used to have the night games, Tommy. Uh, Sunday night was was after primetime. And then that's when we did the fast of three minutes. So we put that together. And I'd stay to the end of that game in case a UFO landed. Uh, you never know what could happen. And our- he made it look easy. And he continues to. Your buddy has stories that could last forever. We had to cut the interview short. There's more to it. We'll have to repurpose this uh, someday. But uh, I I love the history of how it all happened because back in the day it wasn't so easy. Uh, Now it seems that way with Red Zone and everything else going on, but nothing easy about it. Yeah, you know, you just think of the history of ESPN and what it means to sports. I remember when ESPN just came aboard and I go, who's going to watch sports 24 hours a day? (laughs) Well, that person is me. And so it's on my channel all the time. All right. One more segment to go. We'll take a look at how the Bears are going to tackle, literally tackle, the Green Bay Packers. It's all coming up next here on ESPN 1000 and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by Athletic for Physical Therapy. Visit athletic.com to request an in-clinic or virtual appointment to start feeling better tomorrow. Jeff and Tom, our final segment, uh, tackling is always an issue in week one. So who better to talk to than Bears defensive line coach Travis Smith today, gathering with the defensive coaches up here at Hallis Hall. Uh, are the Bears ready for this? So we, we talk about, we install it in the meetings, we show film on it, we, talk, we teach tackling techniques with, there's, we all say the same name for how we tackle certain players, we show tape of how to tackle certain players, and then we also drill it in individual D-line, linebackers, and DBs, and we talk about when 28 has the ball, when 33 has the ball, how do we tackle these players? Uh, if you look back to our first Green Bay game last year, we had like 20 missed tackles as a defense, and then we went to the second game, I think went to seven. Um, so that's one thing that's we've already, we've been talking about all week, all offseason, because the first regular season game, usually across the league, tackling is pretty poor on defense because of the limited reps that a first unit takes. Uh, but that's what we we don't want to start off where it's the same thing. You want to start off rolling right off the bat, all right? Because you're tackling. If you have limited missed tackles, they got poor, limited yards after catch, limited yards after contact. Uh, the run yards will be down. The runs per uh, carry will be down. The whole thing will be better. What's different about tackling, Dylan? Yeah. Uh, obviously, you got a bigger man. You got 247 pounds, I think he is right now. All right, he's got those big, strong uh, hamstrings, quads on him. All right, so we have a certain name for it. I'll keep it quiet though, right here. But there's a certain way to t- tackle Dylan. There's a certain way to tackle uh, a- uh, what's his name, a- uh, uh, Aaron Jones, 33. 
All right, here's the bottom line, Tommy. Aaron Jones, 470 yards on uh, after contact in the run game last year, 10th in the league, 494 in the passing game. Yak, A.J. Dillon, 414 yards after contact in the run game. They are difficult to bring down. I'd love to know what he means when he gives a name to each person different that you have to tackle. I'm sure it's something that uh, kind of triggers the defensive players. Yeah, I mean, there's a specific tackling target no matter who you play against, just like I mentioned Barry Sanders a little earlier in the show. But the thing about it is you can't allow these guys to have a lot of space. If Aaron Jones is touching the ball, if A.J. Dillon is touching the ball, there's got to be a lot of bodies within the vicinity that are able to help the the first hit, the second hit, and the third hit that you know stops the, the player in their tracks. Well, the one thing is, don't stop your feet first and foremost, right? Not this the way they want them to tackle. You don't stop your feet. You keep you keep going. You take three steps and you deliver the goods. And uh, we'll be focused on that. That'll be a big part of this game on both sides of the ball, among many others. Uh, from a headline perspective, what's your headline? What's your uh, headline Bears Sunday? Win. Bears win. Bears but how do win. they get there? But how do they get there in thirty seconds? You know, you have to use the dynamic athleticism of Justin Fields, and he's got to be accurate throwing the balls. I still think they're going to be able to run the ball, but it's about him throwing the ball. All right, Tommy, good show. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Chris Berman and Darnell Mooney of the Bears. Thank you to Eric Ostrowski, Kevin Zipak, and Sean Graney, and Dan Brilli and Jordan Treadup, all of our producers. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you Sunday at Soldier Field kickoff at 325. We'll have a four-hour pregame, a four-hour postgame in our first regular season game on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Can't wait for it. We're going to get there bright and early, even though it's a 325 kick. Tommy, uh, what's your estimated time of arrival? 730 in the morning is the guess. That's my guess. I'm going to take the under on that, but uh, I think he'll be there right on time. Stay tuned for Bleck and Abdallah. It's been a great night. Enjoy it. First week of the season about to commence in Kansas City with the NFC North Lions taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. That'll do it for us on Bears Weekly on ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network. Thank you for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears Weekly, hosted by the mayor of Bearsville, Jeff Juniak, and Surfmaster Tom Thayer. Podcasts are available on the Chicago Bears official app. Bears Weekly has been brought to you by Apple Podcasts, Bet Rivers, IGS Energy, and Miller Lite.